0: Hi there, and welcome to another off-season episode of the Magic Time Podcast. I'm Scott Squires, and what a treat for you today as we have another new member of the Moncton Magic uh, that you're probably familiar with. If you follow the team on social media, you would know that very recently, Jahi Carson has been signed by the team, and uh, you know, all accounts, this is a very important signing for the Moncton Magic, Uh, Coach Joe Salerno. And the organization very excited to have Jahi on board, and we are excited to have Jahi on board today. How you doing today, Jahi? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's actually a uh,
1: morning time where I'm at, and it's, it's fall, so I'm uh, just enjoying the weather. How about how about you?
0: Well, it's the afternoon here in Nova Scotia. Now, you're in. Are you currently in Phoenix? Yes, I'm in Phoenix. Because that that's where you're from, right? You're actually born uh, in Phoenix, Arizona.
1: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Born uh, born, born in Phoenix, raised in Phoenix, a little bit of uh, L.A. I played uh, AU basketball in L.A. high family in L.A., so the West Coast is where I reside.
0: Now, I know we'll get into it as the podcast goes along. I know that you've uh, traveled all over the world playing basketball, including Canada, so you're probably familiar with the weather here, and you'd probably know that in October, in this part of Canada, it's probably not around 90 degrees in October. Just, just so you're aware, you know that, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually on uh, the island on, uh, on PEI, and I know exactly how the winters go. <laughs> and I, and I, I make sure that I'm extra prepared this this go around here in uh, Canada.
0: So, before we get to the fact that you are now a member of the Moncton Magic and what you're looking forward to, in terms of being part of the organization and some of the players uh, that you're going to be playing with. Let's uh, learn a little bit about Jahi Carson. So we did mention, you know, the fact that you are from Phoenix, Arizona. Maybe just a little bit uh, about your kind of life in Phoenix growing up and, uh, you know, what you remember playing basketball. You know, what's your earliest recollection of playing the game?
1: Um, well, both of my parents played collegiately. Um, both of my parents played college basketballs, um, both of my parents played were high school basketball stars, my dad being from Chicago, my mom being from Indiana. So I grew up I grew up playing basketball, knowing I was gonna play basketball, invested in basketball, um a fan of basketball and I just had a nick for basketball growing up. I was around three or four. Um my parents, um you know, at that time the Bulls were really the team of the nineties and uh the Pacers were um were uh, huge as well in the Eastern Conference. So growing up in the nineties, um I was a basketball fanatic. You know, my parents put me in basketball early. Um, I always had a little knack for it. And um, basketball has just been really my main focus and, and main and main opportunity just to try to get a college education. I knew early growing up that uh, I wanted to play basketball. You know, I was, uh, you know, gifted early. So my parents took it seriously and they invested their time and their energy. And uh, and me playing AAU, you know, at an early age, and then me going to California, being in L.A. with some family members and getting the best competition, because in, 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 on the west coast of the state, L.A. is local hotbed, California is a hotbed, and to get proven and get really noticed, that's where you have to be, and that's where I was as far as my middle, middle almost pre-teen um, area. And then I just grew. Once it was high school I started getting uh recognized nationally, um globally. And then um high school came and that's when I think I really blossomed into the uh the player who um who really got a uh, really got a resume for um for, for, for being the talented uh, explosive point guard that I like to piggyback on and, and continue to be today.
0: The Carsons, a basketball playing family. That must have been interesting. The the Pacers and the Bulls, the Indiana and the Chicago, Illinois uh, household growing up
1: uh, <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah my, my my mom's from indiana and my pops is from chicago so you know when reggie miller was, was having those uh having those playoff <laughs> runs you know it was a little i was young but i knew the intense competition when i was uh when i was young i still could see it between the parents.
0: so who won the battle you know did your mom get you in the pacers jersey or did your get did your dad get you in the bulls jersey who'd you cheer for growing up
1: Actually, me, I was actually an Iverson fan. I actually grew up watching, you know, watching Iverson. You know, I loved Jordan, of course, but Iverson at the time was coming into the league. I was a Georgetown Hoya guy because, you know, the uh, the area that I was around, um, they loved AI, and they loved the Navy and the, blue, the Navy blue and the gray. So um, I was an Iverson fan, but, you know, Jordan was bringing off those championships, so Pops was winning the majority of the, uh, of the battles.
0: <laughs> so Dad had the bragging rights around the house exactly exactly yeah. now you mentioned you're an ai fan i'm looking forward when you come to Monty because i'm going to have to come and ask you some questions about practice <laughs>
1: yeah 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 irishon irishon is one of those guys where you know he felt like he was a gamer but um you know not me i like to
0: practice i like to get my repetition in <laughs> <laughs> so i i won't get that we're talking about practice <laughs> Yeah,
1: exactly. No, no, no. I got a little bit of the AI swagger, but when it comes to practice, I like to try to be, you know, there and show my guys um, leadership. You know what I'm saying? I I like to lead by example.
0: (laughs) Well, AI, certainly from uh, a basketball IQ and skill perspective, definitely a, a great player for a point guard like yourself to look up to. So you talked about how you started to get some notoriety both nationally and globally. Uh, you know, just looking up some of your statistics, something that stood out to me when I was doing a little research was the high. one of the high schools that you attended, Mesa High School in Mesa, Arizona, uh, you set the all-time record for that school, averaging 32.2 points per game and 6.6 rebounds per game. But we were talking before you came on. You also set some records at another high school. What can you tell us about that?
1: Oh, yeah, yes. Before I went to Mesa High, Mesa High is nationally and locally uh, has been a hot band in Arizona, you know, on the West Coast. They're known sponsored by Nike, one of the biggest high schools in Arizona. But beforehand, I went to another uh, prestigious high school called Mountain Point, and that's in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And um, I went there for my freshman and sophomore year, and I had a really good freshman year. I averaged 20 points a game, and then uh, my sophomore year, I averaged 27 points a game. I had about nine 40-point games my sophomore year. And that being a fairly new school, um, there wasn't too many guys at the time that were they're putting up those type of numbers. And just recently, um, one of my AAU coaches that was then the head coach at Mountain Point High School about a year and a half ago told me, I calculated the numbers and you're the all time leading scorer at, at Mountain Point. And then I ended up transferring to, to Mesa because I had moved my locations and I went to Mesa High and, um. You know, I knew then they were they were really into the, the the tradition and stats. And I had broken um, a couple records and set a couple records. on the all time leading score and total points, which is far as like points scored throughout the season. So I had like 700 and some points one season, 800 and some points. So I hold the total career points, and then the career average. I averaged 32 points a game. The career average single game points. I, average, I scored 58 in a single game. Then I have uh, averaged the most career assists at Mason High. And um, the same thing at uh, Mountain Point. So I hold um, all the records basketball-wise at uh, both Mountain Point and uh, Mason High.
0: So you are like the guy when you go back to those high schools, right? Oh, here he comes, the all-time leading scorer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like
1: to actually be in my community a lot. I like to actually be in my community a lot and and put some of the younger guys – you know, try to put them on any type of game or any type of advice that I have. I try to put them on. So yeah, I'm definitely in the area as well. So yeah, I do uh, get a, get a lot of attention, but um, but it's enjoyable. You know, the people in my area and in my neighborhood that grew up seeing, seeing seeing me play for the longest time. So it's an honor to be um be net, uh, recognized like that.
0: Basketball is such a huge sport in the United States, and certainly NCAA, Division One, Division Two, and onward. What was it that made you make the final decision to pick Arizona State and become a Sun Devil?
1: Well, I had originally, I had played for um, a team, AAU team, uh, based out of LA called the Comet and Magic, and we were a, a powerhouse um, AAU team for about five, six years that I was playing with them. So I was getting recruited heavily by a lot of colleges, a lot of top programs, but um, my AAU coach, who's more of an uncle than me, I've known him for years, and he's guided and and, and mentored kids all the way from Trevor Reese all the way through me, Isaiah Austin, and Jalen Hands, who's at UCLA now, and, and, and Jordan Bell, who's with the Golden State Warriors, we've all played for the Compton Magic organization, and that organization gets heavily recruited, and you're heavily in the spotlight as far as AAU scenes and shoe companies and LeBron camps and All-American camps. So it's a lot to digest early, but he's such a guy who's gives you a whole bunch of information and breaks down a lot of things for you that I had committed to Oregon State early. And he didn't say too much. He he didn't say too much. He just let me be me and let me kind of be free. But I was so excited to be getting this much exposure nationally, and this much, you know, college recruits. And I was just so happy that I committed at such an early age that I felt like I didn't give anybody really a chance to really kind of recruit me. So I then decommitted. And being in the city, being in Phoenix, knowing her because he was recruiting me early when I was eighth, ninth grade, knowing James, he was a star then, growing up with him, us having a relationship. Me being from Phoenix, I wanted to leave a legacy, and I felt like Arizona State wasn't really known for their basketball. They're in a Power Conference, a Power Six Conference, and they were backbone by U of A. So I just basically was thinking, from my own career, my own legacy, that if I go to Arizona State and perform well, that I can have a legacy and 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 some type of um, you know, would be one of the best players to ever come out of that that school. And that's what I wanted to do, and um, I committed to Arizona State, and I felt like it was um, it was a great um, a great decision coming off of. I had huge schools, huge programs, but for me and my family, I wanted to kind of leave a legacy and, 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 and kind of build my post and pre um, career in Phoenix, and um, I think going to Arizona State helped me do that.
0: You know, the time that you had at Arizona State was impactful. You did leave a mark, and you did leave a legacy. And what a year it was for you, the 2013-2014 varsity season. All Pac-12 first team, uh, Pac-12 all-tournament team, Pac-12 freshman of the year, uh, the Pac-12 all-freshman team. That's just some of the accolades that you received. When you look back at it now, what were some really memorable things about your time at Arizona State? Oh man,
1: there's so many, but um, I'm gonna break them down. Actually, me was I was playing. See, I had actually had been ruled academically eligible by the NCAA my actually true freshman year, which allowed me to grow and become um, a better player. You know, more mature man. You know, growing into it, my manhood, I became a little bit more mature there. And um, the next year, I was able to play. I was a pack. I was uh, a redshirt freshman. And uh, and me just winning ball games, you know, me helping my team win ball games. You know, we went from like I think seven and twenty-one when I didn't play to now like twenty-five and like eight. You know, great great season. So it was a huge turnaround. We went from a below-average team to now fourth or fifth in the Pac-12, which is a Power Six conference in, in, in NCAA basketball. So that was huge for me because that let me know how impactful. I was on the court at the time and how much confidence my coach had in my basketball game and my skills that he allowed me to play my game, which ultimately helped us change the program all the way around. Then I got Pac-12 Freshman of the Year, Pac-12 First Team, Pac-12 Freshman Team, and that was huge for me because I didn't even, like I knew about the awards, but I wasn't even playing based off trying to get any of them. That's why it was so sweet, because I didn't think about it at all. I just thought about being the most impactful player that I could be for my team, and I was rewarded with those benefits. so that was a huge that was a huge memory of mine, and then the next year playing um being kind of the only guy back returner, um being now nationally nationally broadcast, I was getting huge broadcasts, almost like how Trey Burke did when he was coming back to Michigan his second year. And then me, you uh, know, my team now being second in the Pac-12, beating U of A um, at home, you know, on ESPN, getting to the NCAA tournament, actually losing on a buzzer beater to Texas. Those are just huge, tremendous um, moments and milestones that I have in my, in my Arizona State that I I'll never forget.
0: I mean, it's very clear speaking with you. You know, you're talking about how good at basketball your parents were you know both high level players basketball in your blood you know getting noticed in in middle school and then high school and now your your collegiate career everything seemed to be building you to go to the next level which was for you to declare for the nba and you actually took part in the uh Houston Rockets in their summer camp in 2014. How did all that come about and, and what kind of experience was that for you?
1: Well, it was huge. You know, James Harden being one of my, um, you know, mentors and close friends and growing up with him and him being a factor and just an overall my my basketball career. At, at being six foot, being undersized, you know, my first year, they told me to go pro. Second year, I didn't. First year, I didn't go. I averaged 20 points, you know, 20 points. The next year, I just felt like I had to go. I felt like, me being undersized, that they're always going to have criticism and they're always going to elevate the standards of what you needed to be. You know, my freshman year, I needed to show I had a better jump shot. The second year, I shoot 40% from three. You know, I go to the draft, still don't get drafted. You know what I mean? So when I was undrafted, I had a couple other uh, teams I could have played with and done free agent deals with. But um, basically, Houston was the team that I felt had the most confidence in me, had been scouting me the most. And I played with James, you know, a lot, so I felt like if I did make a team that I could contribute and um help him get more even more open shots and the Houston Rockets felt that way as well. So I did play summer league with the um Houston Rockets and I had a I had, I had a real good show in the real good summer league and um but I ended up getting a deal in Australia that was um, one that I felt at the time I couldn't turn down and that's how I ended up uh, starting my professional career playing outside the United States and internationally instead of trying to continue the summer league and training camp and um, D-league being in, in, in the United States in the NBA.
0: You know, you refer to yourself as being undersized, but at the 2014 NBA Draft Combine, you certainly left your mark with your leaping ability. Uh, you were one of the best leapers in that 2014 Draft Combine. Where do you get your hops from, Jahi?
1: You know, it's crazy because, like, I've, I've always—I I, I like to call myself uh, uh, undersized, you know. But you know, growing up, they always just call me small, short, you know, tiny. And I knew that being in the position that I played basketball, the point guards are getting bigger and bigger, stronger, more explosive. So I had—I just always had to try to find a way to compete and jumping. And my speed has always taken me a step above guys who are my size. And there was one day I really knew it because I almost had, I hit my head on the rim and I was like, dad, where do I get, you know, where do I get this athletic ability from. He's like, not for me, because <laughs> I can't jump out of the gym at all. But my mom was a tra- track star as well growing up in uh high school. So I think that, um, I I got a little bit of her traits because um mom was a triathlete and you know the track the track players and the track runners and the track sprinters they have a huge um huge vertical ability so I think I inherited from mom's side.
0: So you didn't get your hops from your pops, you got it from your mom. <laughs> exactly, yeah. He lets that be known. He lets
1: that be known, so he don't he don't try to take credit.
0: You have so many different basketball experiences, but something that I discovered that I thought was pretty cool was that you played in the 2010 Nike Global Challenge and the 2011 U19 World Cup. What were those experiences like, Jahi?
1: Oh, they were huge. I had, um, first of all, being selected to represent your country as an amateur basketball player it is 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 an honor, and especially coming from Phoenix, where only one other player, two other players, have done that. It was Jared Bayless and Mike Bibby. So those were huge. And then I was playing on the Global Challenge team with Bradley Bill, Anthony Davis, um, Michael Carter-Williams, you know, guys of that nature. And those were the best basketball players in high school at the time. And then after that, I actually get to represent represent the U19s in um, an Olympic World Championships where we're actually going now for some gold. So it was just it was just honorable, you know, to walk around with the USA on your chest and to have, um, you know, my last name on the back. That's that's just remarkable. You know what I'm saying? I, I just that's actually one of my career milestones where I feel have the most meaning because, um, you know, not too many people are able to represent their country and also by doing it, we're playing the sport that they love.
0: Well, it's almost like your experience on the U-19 World Cup team and your time with the Nike Global Challenge was almost foreshadowing of some of the traveling that you would do. Uh, After the the draft combine and being part of the Summer League with the Houston Rockets, then you, as you mentioned, you signed with a team in Australia. You've played in Australia. You've played in Serbia. You've played in Turkey. Last year, you played in Greece. What's that experience meant to you? Um, It's a
1: great experience, especially with the plan and, and, and a vision that you have for your career and seeing some of them play out, you know, and thinking about some of the countries that have the best basketball in this area and the best basketball here and some of the um tradition that they have, you know, going to Australia and then coming to Canada and then going to Serbia and, and seeing all these beautiful places. It's just it's a, it's a plus, you know, playing basketball, you know, professionally, playing against some of the best competition in the world and proving yourself is is, is, is an honor. You know, I, I can't do too much more than that. It's, a, it's, it's just really a blessing, you know, especially um, I was playing well. You know, I always try to make sure that I play my best basketball that I can play. So experiencing and traveling and, and, and being around some of the better basketball players in the world it's just, it's just unimaginable. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of surreal when you think about it, but I try to live in the moment and not be too shocked, but it's just a real feeling. It really is.
0: It's almost like you got to pinch yourself because it's, you know, is this really happening to me kind of a feeling, right? Exactly. Exactly. So in between all of this travel around the globe over the last couple of years, you had a stop, you mentioned it earlier. Right here in Canada, you played for the Island Storm over in Charlottetown. You played for Coach Joe Salerno, who will now be your coach in Moncton with the Magic. And I know Coach Joe; he's always on the lookout for high-end talent, and he's got a good eye for it. When do you first remember meeting Coach Salerno, and and what was the experience like playing for him?
1: Um, actually, I was getting done with both, a season in Turkey. I was actually I played Turkey for half the year, and then um, I actually. Didn't meet Joe until I came to training camp for the storm. But we had had conversations. He had uh, told me how he was a fan of my, my game, even at ASU, and um, how he enjoyed my talent, how I was quick, how I was fast, explosive. And he was just a real humble guy. You know, he's a good character guy, family man. And I think we, we clicked right then when we were talking. I knew that he was going to let me play my game. And then when I get up to the to the island, um, we click. We we we, we Um He has a high basketball IQ and a student of the game. I have a high basketball IQ and I'm a student of the game. So we just click. And um, I was kind of like second coach out there on the court. I could kind of have a feel on how he likes to play, when he wants to slow down, when he wants to speed up. So we have a good we have good chemistry. Like I can look at him on the bench and know. This is what he wants or this is what he's looking for. You know what I mean? And he kinda gives me the freedom to, to kind of explore and digest and play my game and and, and it works. It clicks. And it, it, it allows me to be a better player and it it allows him to become a better coach as well. So I think that's why we're so uh we're so close.
0: That brings us to the Moncton Magic. Of course, basketball connections can run deep, they can run strong. You've just talked about how you and Coach Salerno clicked. But why, Jahi, did you want to come to Moncton and play for the Magic this season?
1: Basically, um, I had I had known that Moncton was getting a new uh, a new organization, a new basketball team with new owners and a whole just a totally new aura in, in Moncton. And um, um, I knew Joe was coming to be Coach Joe was coming to be a part of it. I knew that um, they were bringing a lot of energy to to the area and and that the league was going to be that much more competitive. That was huge for me that a lot of guys were, were signing. Um, I had just came from Greece. which Outside of the NBA, they say it's top five basketball countries in the world. So that was real attractive to me to go there. And when the NBO Canada was getting some of these names and high-profile guys, I was like, wow, Canada's becoming more and more and more on the rise. Moncton's having a new organization. I'm already familiar with Coach Joe. Um, I've heard nothing but good things about the owners and about the new staff that they have. And for me, potentially being one of the faces of this organization and help, helping potentially bring a championship to Moncton was just something that was flattering and and, and it was tasteful to me. Um, I, I, I was eager to to to, try, to come to Moncton because I feel I, I can help be a piece of a mm-hmm. championship team. I feel like I can be one of the leaders. And with the roster that we have and that Coach Joe's been – been constructed I felt real confident and I felt real confident at the time that I was signing. So that was one of the key factors and that's what was huge and that's what attracted
0: me to come, come play for
1: uh, Moncton.
0: Well, you mentioned some of the other players that are coming to the Moncton Magic this season. Uh, definitely an exciting roster on paper. The key will be to put it all together on the floor, but you mentioned you're a student of the game. You've got the high basketball IQ. When you look, Jahi, at the players, that Coach Joe Salerno and the Moncton Magic are bringing in and are putting together. When you look at the team as it stands right now, what are a couple of thoughts that you have about what potentially could happen when you guys actually take to the floor and play a game?
1: Um, Potentially, I think the sky's the limit, really. And I'm not just saying that because um, I'm on the team or I I know some of the guys off the court. But if I was even outside looking in, and I would say that's that's a championship-caliber team, you know, me. then I add myself, you know, I add Coach Joe the way he coaches and how he gets the best out of the guys. And I then say the sky's the limit. I say the sky's the limit. I think that we potentially if we do everything, if everybody's locked in, if everybody's buys and everybody pays, plays to the level that they're capable of, I don't see anyone really beating us. I don't see anyone really beating us. I think that it's championship or, or we're letting ourselves down because of the talent and the potential and the, and, and and the coaching and the how 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 exciting Moncton is to have a new team there, new organization, new owner. I just think that the, the vibe and the build is just is just so much that if we didn't win a championship it would be um it would be uh it'd be disappointing. It would be disappointing. So I think the ceiling is is, is, is so high. I, I don't put a cap on it.
0: And I know that the organization continues to do things to try and put all the pieces together, not the least of which was a pretty epic trip that took place a couple of weeks ago when the Moncton Magic exactly. organization yes. went to China. What was that experience like, Jahi? I mean, you've traveled all over the world with basketball, but to be able to take a team and a lot of these guys you're going to be playing with uh, in just about a month's time, what was that whole thing like over in China?
1: I think the best part about that trip was the, was the chemistry that allowed us to bond with each other off the court. You know, I play on championship teams. I've played on teams with veterans, with young guys. And what separates championships, teams from good teams who complete in the playoffs or teams who don't compete really or who are average in the playoffs, is chemistry, is camaraderie, it's building, it's uniqueness, it's being in sync with one another. I, mean, I think that that trip helped us bond and, and, and get that much more chemistry because it's only us. We only can communicate with each other on how we're gonna to go to this area to Sightsee or to meet up at this time to go to practice or to meet up to go to this time to eat or to meet and get attacked. It's that it was that, that we needed each other and we're gonna need each other on the court and we're gonna have each other's backs on the court. But it starts from the bonding off the court. You gotta be able to like guys and, and understand guys and, 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 and be respect guys off the court. So you understand them on the court. You know, if a guy misses an assignment on the court, if you know him personally off the court, you're going to know if he sincerely missed it or if he's being lazy, and then you can be a teammate of that caliber just by those little small things. And I think that's what's going to take us over the top, is being accountable and, and, and holding each other accountable. And the only way you can do that is by getting to know somebody. And that trip for two weeks helped us on and off the court.
0: Well, I know somebody that uh, you certainly made an impression on in that trip to China is Corey Almond. Corey was a huge part of the Moncton Magic on and off the court last season. The fans I know were so happy when it was announced that Corey was coming back. You made a really big impression on him on and off the court. What were your impressions of Corey Almond? Oh, Corey, he's a leader.
1: You know, he's a natural born leader. Um, you know, it's it's no it's it's no faking with him. He's hundred percent committed, dedicated. You know, and he wants to win, and um, that's the first thing that I saw from Corey when we met. You know, we clicked instantly because he's like, oh, "Hey, I'm trying to win." I'm like, "Corey, I'm trying to win." You know, that's what brought us. We we every day. I'm talking about win. You know, winning, winning, and, and, and building and building, and that's exactly what he was on, and um, that was huge. You know, he's going to be one of the. He's a veteran guy. You know, he knows what it's like to uh, to, to face adversity and to overcome adversity. You know, he's getting to work. Even when we didn't have um, some facilities, workout facilities, he's doing push-ups, he's doing sit-ups. He's just trying to improve himself every day. And that's that's, that's dedication, and that's the type of player that I am. And I think that's why we're going to click on the court, and I think that we're going to show a lot of other players how to be a pro's pro, and that's just going to help benefit our team that much more
0: fans of the Moncton magic are passionate about their team it's a great fan base they love the Moncton magic what do you want fans to know about Jahi Carson what he brings to the floor and your style of play
1: I'll just say that I'm a guy who goes out there and competes. you know I feel like I can do it all I feel like I can shoot I can uh, rebound I can defend I can score you know I could I could be showtime on the break I can dunk I can bring you know, energy, and um, that's what I'm going to bring. You know, um, I, I feel like I can play with anybody anywhere at any time. I feel like I, I I can help any team at any given time, but I do it silently. You know, I don't go out there and, and, and do a whole bunch of talking on the court. I really, really talk at all, and I think that I bring championship pedigree to, to Moncton and I know that the guys that we got coming in is, is, is going to be a great season it's going to be exciting so I think it's definitely going to be an exciting year and, and I'm happy to be coming
0: as the play-by-play person for the Moncton Magic I, I like to know nicknames if there's any Jahi Carson what's your nickname what do you like guys to call you when you're on the floor um I, I really
1: you know I'm really simple you know I just go by Jeff you know my name's Jahi and uh just job my whole life is just it's just really been been job
0: jahi carson welcome to the moncton magic thank you very much for taking part in the magic time podcast it's been a pleasure and can't wait to meet you in person uh
1: thank you sounds good vice versa vice versa
0: that's jahi carson point guard with the moncton magic we certainly appreciate his time here today and we look forward to seeing jahi in the moncton magic colors it won't be long training camp starts in a few weeks And the first game, November 17th versus Halifax. Again, thanks to Jahi Karsing for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. And check it out, uh, coming really soon as well. I'll be doing an episode of 10 Questions With, so you'll get to know a little bit more about Jah. That'll be coming up not too long. Keep it locked right here on the Magic Time Podcast. Until next time, my friends, I'm Scott Squires. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, if you can't take part in sport, be a good one anyway. Bye for now.